The Tape Never Lies Network. Starts now. Hey, hey, season one, episode 13, Cars Keys. Welcome to week six of having a fucking quarterback in Chicago. How's that feel, Bears fans? Let's bring our guy out here. Wait, we have a quarterback? Not you believe it? uh, I'd rather defer to Trevor Simeon, hello? I'd rather defer to Dan Weeder on that as a as a moment uh, for sure. But yes, it does it does feel really weird that like for a couple of weeks now, I really feel like we had the best quarterback on the field, and that that is not a consistent thing for us. So I'll take it. Yeah, man, it's it's. I mean, we've we've rehashed it enough. It's just it's hard to grasp at this point. I know uh, I talked about it with Chris Zorich last night. I didn't agree with his take. At all, we went back and forth a little bit, and I mean, you can, I understand you're, you can get hurt running, you can get folded in half in the pocket. I mean, we've seen that's what happened seen, to Joe Burrow. Yeah, we've right? seen that. You know, I sent out a tweet today. Um, Justin Fields last season at Ohio State, he rushed for 383 yards. Over the last two weeks in Chicago, he's rushed for 325. So that's proof positive right there that he's a passing quarterback with the ability to run and the reason that he is running so much right now is to keep the bears afloat to give them a chance to win this dude is the reason he's the singular reason the only reason that shows how good he is well i think that's why i get so upset about you know when people are like we just need to see a game winning drive we need to see him ascend and it's like yeah. Guys, I get it, and I would love to see it, and I think it is important for for those plays, but it also completely ignores the fact that the only reason we're in the game is because of the plays exactly. he makes early and the stress that he puts on the defense. Like it is this weird mix right now of folks uh, who are just so overly negative, and I, uh, I, I know this isn't the shout out show, but really shout out to Danny Parkins for calling out 100%. with names. Yeah, guys for doing it. And I think Speaks was really nice kind of in the middle of it all, as was yep. as was Heron. But it was absolutely uh, justified. And and we'll talk about this. But this is a quote and we'll we'll be showing why that I sort of disagree with. And we'll we'll talk why. But winning now doesn't mean that you're going to win no. in the future. Mitch won 12 games his first year fully starting from go. It didn't mean anything. We need him to start winning games because of him, sure, but we're only in games because of him this far. Right. Yeah, and it's just, I get so sick of these beat reporters, um, and you can you can hear it in, you know, they're so condescending when they speak about the fans. You mean, you know, you they, mean someone like this 
perhaps <laughs> Danny Downer. <laughs> You know, and that's I just you know Patrick Finley was talking. He, oh, don't you know? Don't mention that the you know the Bears didn't play well. The Bears fans they get upset. Well, start to be more condescending towards your fans, Pat. Be more condescending towards your fans, Dan. That's why your industry is a dying business. It's, it's because I mean, give them. Why shouldn't Bears fans be excited and over the top? We've never experienced this before. And you want to be the guy that's coming in and wants to piss on the flames to put them out. And Dan's take is, you you said it perfectly, Cars. Mitch, won 12 games. It didn't mean a goddamn thing. There was regression from the end of the, well, not even that, the midway point. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. It regressed from there. And I just, I don't understand it. I think it was, I think Danny Parkins brought it up. Saying that you know, after the first four years that uh Peyton was like a 500 quarterback, and it was Manning. three and 13 his rookie year, yeah, yeah. So, and I, I'm not saying that that Justin Fields is going to turn into Peyton Manning, but that's the they're looking for reasons to just dismiss this kid because he's in Chicago. Can you imagine if? Justin Fields was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys as a rookie, doing you know, as a second year player doing this, or of the Philadelphia Eagles, or of the New York Giants. Yeah, absolutely. Even our it neighbors be, to the north in Green Bay. Can you 100%. imagine how insufferable those Packers fans would be to go from Favre to Rodgers to Justin? Yeah, and it's just I I put out that tweet today talking about his rush yards, and I'm like, you know what? Just embrace this. This is uncharted territory for us as analysts, us as fans, us as people that just love this team, love this quarterback. Embrace it. Ignore the hate. Fuck that. They, they That's the only way that they're going to get any reaction. That's like, I mean, Shady McCoy, who the fuck cares, LaShawn? Who the, who the fuck are you at this point? You're yeah. fat Stephen A. Smith. That's That's what you're trying to be. Somehow you're, you're fatter Maurice Jones drew. And I don't even know how that's possible <laughs> at this moment, but no, I, I think you're, but you, you nail it, right? It's, are there, are there things that he's still not doing a hundred percent correct? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And we'll talk through a few of them just so everybody kind of understands where they are, but there are two ways you can look at it. You can look at all the things that he's doing well and the fact that we're putting up the yards that we are and the points that we are, and he's still got a lot of room to grow. Or you can look at the other side and say, well, because he's not doing these things, he's never going to do these things. And therefore, it's just it's just going to be bad. And it just doesn't right. make a ton of sense. It really doesn't. Yeah, Rick, I think the reason that they're doing it is because that's who they are. If they're everybody's praising Justin Fields right now. I mean, on a national level, it's 98% pro Justin Fields. Holy shit. So, of course, Danny Downer and his band of idiots have to take the contrarian view. Everything in Chicago media is negative because the Bulls suck, the Cubs suck, the White Sox underachieved, the Bears never win. They have one good season, then they're down for six. And the black that, box protected a child abuser, sexual abuser, yeah. right? So, I mean, it, yeah. you're absolutely right. But I also think it's 
I think it's also really telling too yeah. that part of the reason they've been there this way is so many of these guys we 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 how many times have we laughed about the old guys we used to talk about on the message board and say when you know when you've been this browbeaten by this franchise yeah. all of a sudden you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop Absolutely. right like we you're you you see this glimpse of Cade McNown throwing a touchdown you know to Marcus, Marcus Robinson, Robinson yeah. and you're like here it is it's go time yeah. And then a game later, they'll throw three picks, and you're completely devastated. So everyone's kind of bracing for the fall right. before it happens. Go back to John Fox's first year, the Thanksgiving day game in Lambeau. Everybody thought that was a turning point. Oh. Holy shit. We went to Lambeau on Thanksgiving. It was their the, – did they have a – was that Favre's retirement? Uh, no. Or something? I mean, no, that might have been the Jersey retirement night, I think. I can't remember, but whatever it was, it was Thanksgiving night, and you know, Tracy Porter had had a pick. Jay Cutler played. That's right. But JC when when Porter when he was becoming yeah. like, oh, this is our shutdown corner. Yeah, yeah that's wow. right. Yeah, pulled him off the scrap heap. But um, yeah, it's just just it's hard not to react to it. I'm just as guilty. It's like seeing assholes. I'm not talking about you people tonight, but seeing assholes in the youtube comments and stuff like that that want to take shots at phil and i and ttnl that's i've always had a problem not reacting to that and that's that's i've gotten a little bit better with it unless it's ariel cologne's mom because everybody knows what she is but it's just um i i go to the i go back to what i said the other day cars how many wins does this team have without justin fields zero Oh, yeah. And they're getting boat raced in almost all of them. I mean, you're absolutely right, because we are putting this streak together now of, of multiple consecutive games with 360 yards. Like, that's basic in the NFL. That's big time for us. You know, we're, we're basically averaging 30-plus a game over the last four. We would be the highest, second-highest scoring offense in the NFL. And what's super important to this is when you look at these other times where we have done four games in a row of 30 or near, there's been a lot of defensive impact to this. Absolutely. There isn't in these games Not at all. Long. And so these are long scoring drives. These are long sustained scoring drives with some very big plays sprinkled in. So I'm saying that because this is all offense and the offense is all Justin. So it is... It is a big deal because you, he's shown you could put weight on his shoulders and he'll figure it out. Is there things to get cleaned up? Absolutely. Yeah. But he, you can't tell me anything more than this guy is an ascending player. And to me, the way he's played the last few weeks, the ceiling on what I thought he could be is yeah, even higher than what I thought it was. Totally agree, Cars. And that's the thing. I am not worried about his ability to pass the football at all. No, I know what I have seen with my eyes. I know what I have seen on tape. The reason we're not seeing that is because of the offensive line is in shambles. And that actually has the propensity to be worse, mm -hmm. unfortunately, because I said, cars, you and I talked about this with Ryan Cox a little bit today in our super secret text thread. The amazing super secret best of friends text thread. Yep. Yes. <laughs> we, uh, you know, it's concerning. Uh, about Tevin he was a, a DNP again today he already had the back surgery and now 
it's hip and those, you know, things kind of go hand in hand and you wonder, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I just, I hope we see Tevin again I mean, this season. That is something that we got to keep an eye on, right? Cause I think it's at this point going to be 14 or 15 games. If he misses a yeah. lar- the rest out of 34 that he's played and, yeah. You know, as a guy that who has played in, to be completely honest, especially watching it last week, um, kind of 2A and 2B in the Bears MVP, offensive MVP after Justin has been Tevin Jenkins and Cole Komet. And yeah. we saw what happened with that offensive line when Tevin wasn't in there and the impact. So he's a guy that is super important to us. And if he can't play, ugh. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. this is what you have to do. Like, I have no interest in ever being a football coach, you know, calling plays, anything. That's not who I am. That's not what I would ever strive to be. But like I said, Cars, I think you and I are very similar and we're, we are, we look at things more through a GM perspective yep. rather than right now, you know, fuck everything else. Let's do this. Right now, you have to have that big picture approach and you have to be extremely calculated and you have to have the ability yep. to, pl- to play poker and 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 do all that. So, you know, it's just it's the name of the game. But I said it's extremely concerning to me with Tevin Jenkins. Hopefully it's just a, you know, hit pointer and he's slow recovering. Everybody recovers at, at different rates, but. If he that recovers one. like last year, he is yeah. done, you know, because he is, yeah. he is a different dude. And I don't, I don't, well, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I always interrupt you anyway. Um, <laughs> but he is a different dude, right? Last year, you completely got the sense that the team was expecting him to come back and be yeah. ready earlier. And so he may take more time. The team may think that he should be ready and he won't. Um, I never want to guess, but it, all of this, you know, the hard part I have with him, and I think you're in the same place, is all the talent in the world. Yep. If they put him in a wonderful position to succeed, to his credit, he came over everything that happened. It sounded like he wanted out early. He was willing to give everybody a, a check, at, a second chance or a third chance or whatever chance it right. is at this point. And he was what? Like the third highest rated guard kind of this season? Yeah. So I mean, so what yeah. are we three weeks away from the the buy? Yeah. So I'll be. I don't I'll think he's be, playing before the buy. Me minimally. Either. Yeah. Yep. Me either. So I think that that's that's what you're looking at, and you're looking. So you're already down. You already lost um, Herbert. You know, you're down there. So they're. You know, uh, I like what I saw of Ebner preseason. He did look explosive. That injury to his ankle yep. really hampered him. And to me, he looked like he got a little bit heavy. Yep. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he rebounds. Um, Darren no, Evans is another guy that I'm going to watch yep. to see if he gets moved up here pretty close. Agreed. Yep. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But end of the end of the day, and I'm not saying that, that wins aren't great. I mean, I picked Chicago. I mean, now we're talking about that. Cars, what are your what would be your prediction for for Sunday? In Atlanta, so I uh, I have even less faith in Marcus Mariota, uh, yeah. to be honest, <laughs> in the way that he's completely killed uh, Pitts this year and Drake London, I think as well. Um, 
And I think as an offensive team, their line doesn't match up as well as Detroit's line really yep. does. Oh, so yeah, it's not even close. I, I really feel like this is going to be a track meet for us. Um, but I, but I'm expecting Mariota to be like another two, three turnover day. So like, I don't, I'm not really scared by them. I, I feel, but I feel like the game will be close just because pretty much all games are. Yeah. But I, I, I picked 31, 30 Chicago. Yeah, I, I kind of see something like 34-27, something yeah. like that, um, where it gets closer towards the end, but the, the Bears kind of boat race to start and just kind of settle in after that. Yeah, Anthony, it is a good point there. I mean, it's it's building towards that. They talked about it today. Uh, Tyke Tolbert yeah. kind of alluded to it. Um, they Adam Hogue said, uh, don't be shocked to see essentially chase Claypool just be out there and really no restrictions and, yep. you know, limited, limited reps. You'll see him and they're expected to, to have Valus active. I mean, they sent a message to the kid pretty clearly cars, but I mean, they needed to, I, you, you can't put the number one way you want, you can lose your job in the NFL and never get it back is to continually put the ball on the carpet. And so in bad situations yeah. too, when you get schemed that wide open yeah. um, and you finally are there to make a play to make up for your earlier things, yeah, that's not how you rebuild confidence uh, with with your, your quarterback. And so they, they needed to. The hard part is like once you get past Mooney Komet, and Claypool, yeah, it's bad. And so you need, you really need him to to be that guy to step up. Pringle, right? I'm, I'm I just, I, I don't see anything there, cards. That's other than he'll have the occasional block that you're like, oh, that that was nice, that was good. Yep. One of the reasons that they brought him here, but I just don't see anything that's like, wow, I need to keep this guy on my on my 53 even no it's just he's he's a one pringle eq pettis that i mean maybe one of those guys is brought back next year maybe yeah and maybe. i would say it's probably be eq just because of the ties to getsy but yeah. i think you're absolutely right in an ideal so, world two of the three don't come back yeah yeah, and, and Eric says that too. I did have a high, not super high, but I I had expectations for Pringle. You Absolutely. know, to kind of, I don't want to say be the man, but, you know, get away from KC and, and get a little bit more of the spotlight put on him. And it just, you know, it he made a bad decision off the field and then everything kind of seemingly stayed right at that level of, you know, Yep. I don't want to say stu stupidity. It was a dumb decision, but he just never really recovered from that. It's just everything. It's just he's very bland out there. He's just out there. And you're, what did he have? One catch for eight yards or something like that? Uh, yeah, something like that. He so, had a lot of special team snaps. That's about the bigger yeah. impact that he had. And, uh, you know, to Rick's point, I think with Bayless out there probably today or this week, um, you, I could see Harry being active over Pringle because he is a different body type 
Yeah, and was he else. limited today? Sick. Yeah, he was. He had an illness. Is that what it today, was? So, okay. which? Yeah. I mean, to me, if you're asking me, I, I know Greg Gabriel would disagree with me wholeheartedly. Ooh, seven nothing Titans. That sucks. <laughs> you guys. Um. But I, I mean, I like I like the, the size aspect that he brings to the team. We've talked Absolutely. about him, even though he's a bigger guy, that he doesn't have that huge catch radius. But I said, still, I, I, I want to see some easy slants put into this game plan to to get this, give this offense an even in different look. And uh, I, I like Nikhil Harry. I don't think he's ever going to be an explosive playmaker, no. but I, I just think he brings more to the table overall than for me anyway, than uh, Pringle. And I think Pettis is on this team just because he's reliable catching the ball as a punt returner. But I think, I think you're right. Like the, the thing that's different for me is all, all Pettis from a wide receiver position offers you is, is speed. Yep. And we, we kind of need someone to do more of the dirty work, the underneath work. Again, I think if you go back and watch I could do an entire show on Cole Komet appreciation and, and even Wesco appreciation for all the dirty work uh, that yep. they do. And that dude can block, man. Oh, it's Wesco. something fun. But I, yeah. I think, you know, he, he's, <coughs> he's different enough that you got to find a way to get him out there. Because especially in the middle of yep. the field, like he gives you a bigger target when he sits down in the middle of the field instead of this five foot 11 Mooney and five foot yep. 10 Pringle. So I, I'm I'm absolutely with you. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what unfolds. But like I said, I, I feel pretty good going into this uh, game in Atlanta. And one thing that I talked about last night before we get into the, you know, keys and all of that here, cars is he is the ultimate competitor, Justin Fields, and he grew up thirty miles north of atlanta he grew up an yep. atlanta falcons fan he wanted to be an atlanta falcon on draft day and they bypassed him with a clear quarterback need yep. to take a tight end and i mean i understand how good kyle pitts is i just oh, he doesn't just look great no, right now does he <laughs> well, well even that cars but man i just I know the way that I analyze players, and he is a fantastic talent, but I can't draft a fucking tight end. Number four overall. I just I can't. It's like drafting a fucking safety up there. And I know he was the best. I know Jordan's watching this. But he was the best player by by far, right? He's gonna change change Jamal Adams. I remember everybody loving that. I just like you can't. It wasn't Perhaps. just Mul- it was also Hooker. Remember, it's like I don't know yeah. which one you take third overall. Yeah. It could be either of them. Yeah, so it is it is what it is. But I think Justin Fields is going to go down there with a chip on his shoulder. You know, it's his essentially his homecoming, his old stomping grounds, and I think he wants to leave an indelible mark in Atlanta, Absolutely. saying, "You goddamn Absolutely. right, you should have taken me." Oh, I mean, I would want to do the same thing. It's kind of like what you guys oh. do now with with the network, right? You want to leave a mark and let everybody know when they screwed up. Yeah. And, right. uh, yeah. That's, you mean like 800 to one? That's I think so. I think, I think that's extremely important. So yeah, I think you're, um, I think it's great to sit down and, and, and have that. And I think he's, he is such a competitor 
Like, yeah. again, I understand that there's a lot of Kool-Aid drinking Homer in me right now, but reading that he sat down with his pads and everything on for 45 minutes absorbing what happened, yeah, that to me is a big deal. I mean, when you say, yes, I want him to win, but winning matters to this kid. It does, and he's won everywhere. Everywhere. He was, what, uh, t- uh, 19 and 2 in his two years of college starting, or 20 and 2, I think it is, at two years of, of college. And yeah, never, never lost a game in the Big Ten. Yes. And played in big stadiums, oh. big pressure. Yep. You know, when you looked at what he did his, his junior year against uh, Clemson in the bowl game, and he didn't play that well, and the next year he comes back and he throws six touchdowns against them in a, in a bowl game, yep. right? Like, he's a competitor. So <laughs> There you go. That's a great one by Eric. You can flash the draft number like I Mahomes did. I yeah. love it. I love it. That that'll be glorious. <laughs> Great call. But that's there. that is the ultimate separator. We like I said, we have that dude. That guy. This is yeah, and it's he's a bear. He's our guy. So that's nobody knows what to expect. We've never experienced any of this. This isn't Mm-mm. Rex Grossman. This isn't Cade McNown. This isn't Mitch Trubisky reading books on how to be oh. a leader. He's just <laughs> yeah. He's just born with it. It's who he is. He's been groomed for this his entire life. And, you know, it's starting to bear fruit. But let's jump into this, man. I know you got a lot of stuff here for us. So we are going to introduce, uh, this will be a weekly segment, uh, but it is the Danny Downer uh, clip of the week. And uh, big shout out to CK for finding the absolute perfect picture for this. If any of you, have seen um, SNL and the Debbie Downer skit. That is a hundred percent who Danny Dower, uh, Danny is. So we look at this. This is exactly what you were talking about, Shane. This is what Parkins was talking about. Because yeah. my biggest take with this is it's okay to be concerned, but if you sit down and say you don't see a big arrow pointing up. I've got nothing for you. Like, if you can't even see that the sky is a limit and all of the things that we've talked about, forget that you are just a pathetic Danny Downer. And so as long as Twitter is still alive, we'll pepper him uh, with those every now and then. Yeah, and I, Cars, we'll, I, I talked about this last night, and I know you probably didn't see it, but if he led the comeback Sunday versus Detroit, What's Weeder's headline then? Yes, oh. Justin led the comeback, but it's against the trash Detroit Lions. Now go- he used his legs to do yeah, it and not just, his arm. Yeah. So there, there's he set up for his narrative no matter what. You know it's what I mean? Mariotti. It's, it's the Mariotti. It's the Mariotti. And it, and those of you who didn't grow up like I did oh and Shane God. did during the Jay Mariotti the era. Worst. But it was it was literally to find all the worst absolute takes, be absolute miserable as a fan, and take great joy in sucking the excitement out of fans and mocking them for even being excited. And you know, it's just it's just a shitty take. Uh, yes, Eric, you're right. Skip Bayless was bad for it too. Yeah. Uh, but just ignore it. Duck a water off a duck's back. I think is the the best way to say it. But. Yeah. Let's jump in. So uh, you, you saw us highlight one of these things early. 
But let's talk about this whole need to win sort of thing. And real uh, quick, cars, before you start it, I want to answer this. No, dude, I, I told Jackal, <laughs> reach out. I will debate Dan Weeder 100%, and I'll tell, I will not say anything different than I'm saying right now. That stuff does not bother Phil and I if we get him on keeping it 100. And I know if Cars was there too, he would jump in on it too. It, there's, listen, sure shit can get uncomfortable, but we're not going to ever back down to sticking to what is right. We aren't going to make shit up to push a narrative it's not true car's dog might not agree with us but you know <laughs> no but we we have we have things out to dan to get him back on 100 and i think I, that would be must see tv absolutely so as we started this there's a guy last year and i don't know if you're familiar with him shane but there's this team kind of closer in between you and I uh, yep. that I'm a rather large fan of. But let's talk about that need to win and a guy who played in the Super Bowl last year by the name of uh, Joe Burrow. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this man's name. Uh, he's a pretty decent quarterback. Uh, he, he won a national championship, you know, all that fun stuff. But if you look at his numbers the first year, 2-7-1, and one, Zero game-winning drives, zero fourth-quarter comebacks. He was beat to crap by a terrible offensive line. He was averaging a terrible uh, 6.7 yards per attempt. Look at that starting lineup uh, on the offensive line. Just awful. And the conversation at that point was, hey, he's got no talent. He's got T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and nothing, right? And, you know, Joe Mixon was injured a lot. But this is not a guy who looked to win. He didn't lead these things. And so a year later, simply a year later, what happens, right? Offense explodes. He had three game-winning drives and two fourth-quarter comebacks, right? He threw up massive TD numbers. They had a Jamar Chase, Riley, Quinton Spain, others at guard. They really worked to fix so much of those offensive line problems. It still didn't work. The biggest difference was this guy on the outside, Jamar Chase, averaging like 19 a catch uh, against this. He was still sacked 51 times. But you look at that yards per attempt number. The reason that that's so important, and I don't know if anybody saw kind of Orlovsky the other day, where yards per completion is at the lowest it has been since 1933. That's not a typo or a miss. 1933. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, a lot of guys right now, Kirk Cousins even, you know, who's having a solid year. They're all averaging almost at or near career lows for yards per attempt. This is a tough year of passing the football. But Justin is sitting here at 7.5 yards per attempt. He's really pushing the ball deep. We see a lot of big plays. So there are things to be said there. But it doesn't matter. Like, it would be better if it happened and he led us. But it does not mean that he's not going to be able to do this in the future. And that's where I think the separation is. Joe Burrow didn't. And he had an incredible playoff run with a team that had no business being in the Super Bowl. And it's because of him and that that kicker's leg that they made it. 
So yeah, remember yeah. the NBA back, you know, when the Bulls couldn't get over the Detroit, you know, that yep. that was the big thing. They got to learn how to, they got to learn how to win. And they, they really did in the NBA. It's very rare that you just come out of nowhere. And when yep. you have, you know, you can, you get to a certain point, then you have to, you know, you take your lumps and you come back, but this, that's not the, maybe the, the, the team overall, once you're set, if you're in Super Bowl contention, you get to the, NFC championship game and come up short. You had a couple of pieces and then, you know, you can make your run. But in terms of this being a losing season for the Chicago bears and for Justin Fields wins and losses wise, it has zero impact on Justin Fields ability moving forward. If anything cars with the competitor that he is, it's going to make him work even harder to be an even better player. Because he's not used to losing. Absolutely. And, you know, I know we've talked about it a lot, but I'm you give up the picks from every time. I'm not saying you don't, but not having a first round pick and a top 10 pick this past year is also impacting everything that's happening. 100%. Yeah. And so Ryan Pace left stuff behind the the, the uh, eight ball, so to speak. Um, and when you, you see kind of questions like what what Alex is, is asking, um, you know, I don't know that there's necessarily a blueprint for what this is going to be. Um, you know, the the Bengals, Bengals is probably slightly closer because, you know, you can compare the Mooney and Claypool to kind of T. Higgins and, and um, Boyd, Tyler Boyd as the wideouts and the offensive line problems. Um, but I think you're, you're kind of going to see more of a mix of almost Cincinnati and the way that Baltimore has built and changed the way that they built around Lamar Jackson as being it. You know, the Eagles are a wonderful blueprint that you just can't duplicate um, because, you know, they've had the line, they had early picks, they hit a home run on a second round pick at quarterback that doesn't happen that frequently, but they've always had a stockpile of draft picks. They've always kind of done things the right way. Uh, so Baltimore and kind of a mix of Cincinnati is the way I'd see it. But Shane, anything to add there? No, I I, I really, I think it's smart because it's like, you know, it's a smorgasbord. You're, you're grabbing pieces that you like from different yeah. areas. You're not saying that I'm locked into Philly. I, I think you said it perfectly, Cars. I can see pieces of, Cincy, I can see definitely see pieces of Philly, and I, you know, it's I, I still look back to how you work with a young quarterback, and I think it's extremely important that Ian Cunningham has been around that with Jalen Hurts. You can say a, a yep. similar type quarterback, but you can see Ryan Poles was around it with the ascension of Patrick Mahomes and what they did with that and with with Andy Reid and what they needed to do. So I, I think it's, I think the answer is yes. I think it's all of them. I think it's bits and pieces. You're just, you're kind of at the buffet and you're like, I like this. I like this. Oh, this, this makes sense. This tasted good last time. Yeah, we'll take that. So it's, I think it's all of them. And and I know I've said it a couple of times, but there are two free agent targets that I think the Bears will play very heavily into, and I kind of will talk about it at the end, but Gesicki and Dalton Schultz at tight end, yep. because their skill set is so different 
from Cole Komet, and I think they really do have a player in Wesco that they like. But adding a third guy to be more than what Ryan Griffin has been for this offense yeah. is a nice, easy way to add a playmaker, add a chess piece, and not necessarily have to break the bank for him like we would for a Duran Payne. And so there, there are other ways to do it, right? When when Baltimore exploded, that's because they went three tight ends all the time, and it was very similar. You had your Mark Andrews, right? You had your Hayden Hurst, yeah. who was kind of more as your, you know, your Schultz or your Gesicki, and you had, I can't remember the third guy, but you had the third guy that's more your Wesco type that was way more right. of a heavy blocker type, a Bowles or Boyles or something like that who is your blocker and could give you a little bit in the past game. And so when I say stealing for the Ravens, it kind of means things. It, it means a lot of things like that. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's again, to your point, look at, look at the way that Philly has built. They yeah. always invest in the offensive line, but you know, another position that they always invest in is tight end. Oh yeah. You know, they had Brett Selleck and then they had, uh, who's the, he just got hurt in Arizona. Um, oh, uh, Zach Ertz. Yeah, Zach Ertz. And then they went out and traded up one spot ahead of Dallas to get Dallas Goddard. And that's yep. you know, you have if you have multiple weapons at tight end, that really unlocks a whole bunch of things on offense. And that it's a great point. It it, it adds another playmaker to your arsenal for Justin Fields. You add a Gasecki in with a Chase Claypool, like you said, with a Darnell Mooney. And it's, you know, with everything that's unfolding in the, the running back market is, you know, do they bring David Montgomery back on a one-year deal? You know, I'm just... I know. I yeah, I, 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 I don't think they will, Cars. I, actually, I, I don't even want to get into it and go down that road, but I think I know where, I think I know where he's going to be playing next year. We'll talk about it at a later show. I love it. I but, love it. Yeah, what else you got? So let's let's kind of. There are two plays that I want to show uh, that that kind of highlight some of the things that people say when they see negatives uh, about Justin, right? So what I want to show is kind of to me when you look at the game-winning drive, kind of the worst miss that he had. And so when you kind of watch this play here, what I want to, you to do is when you watch when he throws the ball to uh, to Claypool down here at the bottom, he's going to go back shoulder. Now, Claypool doesn't have much. He maybe has a quarter or a half step on the defender. But this is a ball for Justin that has to be out in front. Because, look, there if you, if you pause it right here, there's no safety help. There is absolutely no one over the top, oh. right? And, and so at this point... This ball should be led. He's got a small, he's got a size advantage, speed advantage. He's got super physical hands. This is a ball that should be going over the top, and he throws it back shoulder. So yeah, and it was very low. That very. Yeah. So that was, I mean, it wasn't it was more back hip than yes. back shoulder. It was a laser beam back there. Yeah. And if he had stopped, even then it, it wouldn't have hit. So when I when I do this all in one swoop, right? Just watch the play, and when he throws it, this is a ball that needs to be going deep. And these are the sort of trust throws and things that he's missing right now, uh, that the offense is missing. But when we say things like, "I, uh, you know, 
there are there are plays that he misses when Shady McCoy sits down and, and complains about things like that. Those that and and one other play that we're gonna show here as well, and this is kind of early on in this. Um, but let me rewind it for a second. In the play at the top of your screen is Darnell Mooney, and he's basically kind of running almost a slow drag across. Now, sitting next to Phil, it was fascinating that he called this out very early. He's like, he's open, he's open. And it was felt like a full second later until he um, actually threw the ball. So watch the number one thing that we've heard about Justin is the process. It needs to speed up. Absolutely. And so when you see this, and I'll try to pause it as best I can, right here is where that ball needs to be out. The defender has his back to him. He's got a little guy in the lane here, but he's coming out so he can potentially create that space. But if you watch, this is already open. And by the time, now you're like, throw, throw. He still has not thrown. And so now what do you see is you have two defenders that are able to stick their foot in the ground and go. The guys here at the top of the screen, kind of the guy taking the guys almost on a go route at at the end, has the guy, he's almost working as a rub on the safety. If that ball gets out and is already coming to Mooney right here, Mooney has a chance to score. Oh, Understanding yeah. that that uh, Justin makes that incredible run to score later, but that ball is way really? too late in coming out. And that, again, these are that's okay. These are things that are going to happen in part Boom. because we're not throwing enough. Um, and, but part of the reason we're not throwing enough is there's not a lot of trust there from him or from the offensive staff that when something is there, he'll see it and throw it. Yeah. And that's why tape study is so important. I mean, Justin has seen that play right there probably what 10 to 15 times now at at this point. And, and he understands that. And the the more and more that he sees it, the, and that's, what's going to be interesting in this weekend is with peas, the DC in Atlanta. Yeah. Justin may not see the same thing for the entire first half, you know, with defense, he switches it up, switches it up, switches it up. So, but that, that's the thing, that internal clock for Justin, it's going, but it just needs to be quicker. And that, that's been, that's been one of the number one flaws that was still at Ohio state, Ohio state. You could, you could have that time. You could wait an extra second. Absolutely can't do that in the NFL because that goes from being a touchdown to what was that a eight yard gain seven yep. yard gain and so. it put it it put two other plays where yep. it could have not been a score like absolutely I give him all the credit that he scores but it, it takes us into a moment where we could have left points on the board because of a lack of an execution and yep. that's and, and it's again I'm showing you the mistakes because it's okay. But this is also a point of when people say he's missing things, absolutely. And that's okay. It's part of the process. He's going to grow. I don't, I don't care. Um, that, that's that. Yeah. So something else I want to show is this, I believe, is kind of a, a mixture of the first two plays here. But I really want to give Luke Getze a lot of credit for the way that he's doing things formationally and the way that he's interchanging personnel but still running a lot of the same things. And so what you're going to watch here, this is Blasen game here uh, on the left-hand side. 
uh, with a tight end on the same. There's going to be a fake to Monty because Bears, by and large, I think this is the first game I can remember in a while, Shane, where it wasn't a handoff to Monty on the yeah. first play. And so when you when you sit down and you watch this and right, watch how all of this goes left and it sucks everybody in. Everybody here is so used to power and they have set everything to back to go basically towards the uh, towards the right side, right? The right hand side there. And everybody buys and goes for it. And it creates a wonderful running space again for Justin where he gets around the corner and again, is not absorbing a big hit. When you come back to the next play, again, heavy set. We've got a fullback in motion. You, or he's got a fullback back there. You've got a tight end that they're moving around. When this happens in motion, everybody. when I pause it here, because of the motion left or to the right-hand side, everybody thinks, again, that this is going to be a run to, to, uh, to the right-hand side. And with one moment and getting out in space, and again, Blasen Game, who's just a fun guy to watch in blocking, is there to push and, and kind of create that, right? So there's a lot of misdirection that's right. happening early and it's it's been a lot of fun to sit down and watch if you run that back real quick i mean if you want to see what they one of the things that they like in Braxton Jones is watch the speed that he gets outside for oh, a left yeah. tackle on this i mean that's that's pretty goddamn impressive and i mean that's what you want him to do he took that guy yeah. and he put him out of bounds on that play and even here in this first play, like, look what he does when he gets to deliver, right? He takes his guy and gets him far out of that play. So when we sit down and say, like, why I'm so high on Braxton Jones is I see him in the run game and understand that he's got to do more to kind of develop that strength. But you're absolutely right. He is so much fun to watch in space. Like, this absolutely. isn't Leno, like when Leno would get pulled and he would have no idea uh, who to hit or who to block this guy is going with a purpose uh and it's not just lano we got another guy in the center of our line that does the same fucking thing oh yeah oh yeah and so did you hear that mrs mustafer <laughs> i love it i love it and so what i love and i kind of grabbed this too early here <laughs> but what i really love is the way that we keep showing almost these jet sweeps there's a lot of motion. There's a lot of movement. And so we've run this jet sweep with basically every single yep. skill player on offense, including our tight end. So every time this goes, watch how the defense flows. Watch how all of this happens. Now, I understand this is going to look very similar to a touchdown play. I'm going to show you here in a second. But watch the motion and how it pulls everybody away from the ball. It's really a nice way of disguising what you're doing. Yeah. And it's and what I really like, and sorry, let me fill this back up one more second, is this is one of those plays as well. The worst part about rollouts and things like this is it takes away half the field. Now, it does make some tighter windows for you to throw when things get completed, but you've got three routes here all on the side where he is going with kind of a release on the backside should he need it. And so this is giving him more weapons and ideas of places to go. So you're not kind of wasting a route on the outside. Um, you're kind of, you're, you're really trying to be as efficient as possible. 
That is also known as the not Matt Nagy offense, right there. Exactly. Right? I think that's I think that's the best the best uh, leeway into my favorite play uh, when we talk about the not uh, the not Matt Nagy offense. Um, we'll skip here for a second, but this is obviously the commit, and I'll go back and do the whole thing because I know we got to get the celebration. But look at this line. The Bears scored a 50-yard touchdown with three tight ends and Darnell Mooney as the wide receiver. And when I get back to the beginning, right, you've got Wesco here, you've got, um, I'm sorry, Komet here, uh, Griffin here, Wesco here. You are running. Watch Darnell Mooney at the top. Mooney is nothing but a decoy. Yeah, This is a complete decoy play. And he took three defenders with him. So there is supposed to be this guy who is supposed to be dropping back. And that is what leaves Cole Komet wide open. First did you, off, did you hear Cole talk about that play? That, that he, he lost, lost the ball in He the lost sun. it in the sun. I'm like, can you imagine? Oh, oh, it would just be our luck. But when you watch this play in the window dressing, right? More motion. He's going to the heavy side. You fake the handoff to the heavy side. Everybody thinks that that's what's happening. And you've got your defenders in part flowing to this side because they're worried that Justin's going to take it to the outside and house it. And so all of these things, I love that you can see Braxton Jones here kind of in the middle of the formation with absolutely no one to block. That's as beautiful of a play design as you can get. And right here, as he goes to throw it, he throws it at the right time, right movement, and that's a touchdown. But we have a Chicago Bears team that scored a 50-yard touchdown with a tight end while three tight ends were on the field. Like, I am out of my mind. We normally do that for, like, a six-yard pass play. I don't think they had – they didn't have three on the field at the time, but, man, he could have had another mm-hmm. long one. On that one where they, there was con- there was nobody there, cars. Oh, he you was run that, he was he gonna, was gone. Yeah, before the the defender clipped him and hurt his yeah. knee. Yeah, there was um, nobody there. And that's where it's going. Yeah, and I think again when <clears throat> when I talk about the importance of Cole Komet, you see it night and day. If you come back to watch this play. Like, do you see uh, Wesco here at the bottom? Let's go up to the next portion. This is the other beautiful part of this play design is Wesco um, coming here. He comes over like he's running a route. He's just the spy. He's just an extra blocker to get anybody that that sticks his foot in. But Cole Komet has been, even outside last week, from what he does in blocking game, the way he puts pressures on defense, he's another guy that is really ascending for us. He's Oh, he's he's earned the extension that he will be getting this offseason. Oh, he's getting a four-year, 40, 45-type million-dollar deal. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely yep. he is. And I don't yep. think you can I don't think you can question it. When that quote came out, from Flus yeah. that said, you know, he's exactly the type of player yep. that we that we want on this team. That's not something Flus is just going to say fly no, by night. You're handing him the pen to sign the pay, to sign the contract essentially Absolutely. at that point. Yeah, and I mean, you 
everybody knows Cole's background, you know, Sorry, Notre Dame kid, but Arlington Heights, you know, Chicago Bears, his father, you know, had a cup of coffee here with the Bears. His uncle, you know, was in the league. He's he's gonna be a bear for a very long time. And he's when you're talking about that 125 million in cap space, that's why we've tried to tell you guys a lot of it, it's gonna be you're gonna have structure it. It's gonna go to Mooney. It's gonna go to Claypool. It's gonna go to Cole Komet. Guys like that. And it's all going to be structured a certain way for number one in mind. You're going to see you're going to see heavy numbers in years years one and two financially to to essentially wipe the board clean for Justin when his time is up. And the beauty of that position is is as its importance, and the reason I say that you can double up is you can pay Komet and Gasecki a combined. $20 $20 million, which is still yeah. less than what you're paying a number one receiver, and you'll get yeah. very good performance out of it. Yes, absolutely, you want that number one guy out there, but look at Baltimore and what they've done with Mark Andrews and kind of a ragtag group of wide receivers. Yeah. This can work, and that's why I keep going back to uh, to Baltimore. You get the right three tight ends, and to me, they have two of them. Cool. Right now, you get that third, and and Shane, we always say, but can you imagine Gasecki or, or Schultz running up the seam like we so love? The yeah. you know all these things, all <coughs> these weapons with this space. It's just it it has such a a high think potential. Of, think about your uh, not your actual package, your football package in the red zone. Oh, with those guys, I mean, you're adding in. A clay pool to that guy six four two thirty eight with those tight ends with a tight end in the in the backfield in Justin Fields with the way that he's he's built. I mean, you saw him yeah. knock Deshaun Elliott into a different fucking reality oh, than he was in when he was. The trying stadium to make... was so fun. Oh, I can imagine on that hit like that. It was got me up those... off my seat, man. Watching it live, I was like, oh shit, that was that was so so awesome, but. That's what it is, dude. Cars, that's why it's it's important for what you and I do here to, to bring this different approach because everybody's like, you know, it's we got to go get the next Randy Moss. We got to go get the next Megatron and stuff like that. And it's it's not. You can actually make a huge dent in your offense by adding a third tight end to complete your your trio there. And it's, it's going to help out your court. I mean – they're the ultimate safety valve Absolutely. for your quarterback. Absolutely. And when you go back to kind of what we, we were talking about earlier with, you know, the way that defenses have changed and cornerbacks have changed, part of the reason that you're um, you're seeing more success in the run game yep. and more success with um, – and less success, excuse me, in the pass game is because corners have gotten so good. The thing that hasn't been fixed has been linebackers and coverage, and we – Went through this period where we kind of had those uh, uh, kind of hybrid safeties. What was it? The Keanu Neals of the world and, yep. and those sorts of guys. Dion Buchanan. Yes, who you wanted to be, and that never took out uh, the kid. Just who's the kid down in uh, Arizona? Is that Simmons? Simmons, yeah. Yeah, down there who, who hasn't really been the guy that they wanted. And so it helps you because now you're just as much of a threat in the 12 and the 13 game as you are in the, you know, 
11 game with three wideouts. And that puts a lot of stresses on the defenses, and that gives a lot of different looks that really they don't like. And so if you're telling me next year I've got a running back, Gusecki, Komet, Mooney, and Claypool as the, the five playmakers out on the field, that's enough to go win you 10-plus games, right? Like that's that's enough. Oh, yeah, and it, it it's not going to be just – they're, they're going to make a move for a, a – oh. I mean – it's gonna, if it comes in the draft or whatever like that, but you you want to go into the NFL draft not being forced to say, all right, we have to go here. Which is it, why we talk about Deron Payne a ton here. Yeah. Um, because that then, it be, you still get a Carter if you can, but now you don't lose out on everything if you yeah. don't get him. Yeah, I mean that's the, the that's the thing, you know, and you know Leo brings it up and that's the team. If he is the if Jalen Carter is there for Philly with New Orleans pick, they're not that's he's he's Fletcher Cox. Oh yeah. At, at his peak. Oh. You know, he is a game explode. Yeah, he's a game wrecker. But I mean if he's not there then they're still probably going to go pass rusher. If not, you know, maybe they, maybe I, offensive line. I think they they look to move down. I mean, there's so many. Oh yeah, yeah, variables. that's it's all in play. But I'm just saying that. Yeah, no, I think the, you're right. Yeah, they're going to be looking for a, a pass rusher, obviously. But if they can't get it on the in on the inside of the line, then they're gonna then they'll pivot. And if uh, Anderson is there, then that's that would be. I don't know. I just I'm an Alabama guy. I just I'm. Carter way over Anderson. And I think and, Anderson's an upgrade. I still think that if Anderson was there, to be completely honest, that they would look to move down because that pick yep. would have so much value. I, I think I think they really do like Trevis and Robinson. And yes, I don't know necessarily that they ever get to Will Anderson's level, right? But I do think that, that you know, it, you have to weigh the haul that you would get for that pick. Yeah. Um, because there's a guy, you know, later in the first round, Siaki, I can't even pronounce his last name, from Baylor, yeah. that they would look at as a defensive tackle. The offensive linemen make more sense later on. Um, yeah, and Vincent, real quick, Duran can play either. Yeah. he. I mean, that's what makes a signing like him so valuable. I mean, let's just say that it works out for Chicago, and they – they signed Deron Payne in free agency, and then the draft gods bless you, and Jalen Carter is on the board. You have the interior of your line cars for the next, I mean, let's just say, I mean, I don't want to say decade, but, you know, Carter would be there for that long, but at least for the next five seasons with those two, I mean, essentially fortified, you know. Oh. Because Payne is 25 years yeah. old still, oh, yeah. right? Like, he's a young yep. dude. It's These are the things that you have to do, and I, I completely agree with you. The beauty of it is those guys can, especially in the scheme, somewhat be interchangeable, so oh, yeah. you can flop them around, move them, and not necessarily yep. lose a lot. You know, uh, Blackson has been disappointing this year, but it's not necessarily his fault. He's not a great scheme fit, and there really weren't guys out there to do it. 
And so you, you know, this, that's a position you're going to double up in. And so it, whether it's, you know, early in the draft, later in the draft, whatever, um, you, you're going to have to see some movement there. And as for yeah. pain, by the way, Redskins are only 15 million under the cap next year, which would be way less than he would get on the, the market and way less than he would get uh, from the tag. So that's why I think he's a very viable, uh, very viable option. <laughs> They may not. They may not have cash on hand to pay out that bonus money with everything that's going on there either. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's be let's be honest. It's it's sad but true. Um, and I do want to show uh, a joking, <laughs> but uh, you know, Corn Planner can he play center? The guy that you really have to look at, and I'll throw this up really quickly. Um, what is Posick uh, over at Cleveland? Right, Cleveland is another team that is not in a great cap situation because they played a sexual abuser uh, a lot of money. Um, but they are about three million ish, or, or maybe it's a million ish uh, over or under the cap, so they don't have a lot of space. That is a guy that I look at very heavily here. Uh, Nate Davis and Dalton Risner. Davis is a very intriguing guy. You notice that Tennessee is over the cap by nearly 20 million. Um, so when you kind of look at these guys, right, it's it, some of the guys I put in here is specifically because it's a good mix of they're a good player and their teams are in some cap problems next year. But yeah. if, if you tell me like you can go get Ethan and Nate Davis in free agency at pretty decent deals, that's a massive win overall uh, for this team in free agency. Yeah, man, it's it is, and the, they're gonna spend there. I mean, I oh, think yeah. you look at those defensive tackles. I mean, Javon Hargrave. You talk about a dude that's gonna be cashing in. Oh I mean, yeah, he had thirteen tackles in the Commanders game as an interior seven, defensive lineman. It's just bonkers. He had like seven and a half sacks, I think, last year. I mean, he's played really. Yeah, well. the biggest downside to him, I believe, he's twenty nine years old right now. Yep. So you'd be paying him, you know, for his age 30 season, whereas uh, Deron Payne's 25, he'd be heading into 26. So that's a guy that kind of fits your blueprint of a guy that's going to be here for a, a long time and can kind of, you know, ascend. And I mean, he even the team in cap trouble as well. So yeah, like all of those, it, you're absolutely well, 29. Yeah. yeah. And let's be honest. I mean, the, the downside to having a second round quarterback workout cars is that you have to pay them. You have to make up your mind a little bit earlier on that because it's a, you know, it's a four year You've deal. Seen, yeah. He's going to be heading into a, a free agent year next year. Jalen hurts is so you, you don't want that. I'm sure they don't want that with, yep. you know, the way that everything's going. Um, but yeah, I, you know, you look at the wide receivers there, cars. Uh, Juju, I don't know. That's I. He's just an interesting. He's another yeah. body out there. I don't think it's a guy you have to pay a lot of money, but right. he's a, he is an improvement. Right. The uh, the name to me, and I, I it, it just depends on. I I still look at the the uh, the polls connection to Hardman in Kansas City, and I have no idea what his take is on that, but he. It, it's going to be interesting. That's a guy that he was there with the entire time. I, I, but I see they he, they put him on, on IR today. Kansas City did. Yep. 
Yeah, Hardman's an interesting one. You know, there there are some names, and I only threw Saquon mostly because I wanted to piss off Phil should he should he listen to the show, <laughs> right? But um, kind of some of the running backs, you know, the two guys that are up there are really three down type of guys, yeah. right? And these are guys that will do more in the pass game. Um, yeah, Miles Sanders was a guy that was on our radar in the draft cars. Absolutely. I mean. And Philly kind of snuck and took him a little bit earlier than I think most most of us were expecting. But that's the it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. And and who knows that um, with Herbert, you know, you you talk about again, it's a hip injury, and you talk about a hip injury with a running back; those can go for a while, any number of of different ways. So that's something that you have obviously have to keep your eye on. And, and it, you, listen, I understand like all these guys, if they hit free agency for the most part, again, unless it's like a POSIC or, you know, a Nate Davis because of the team and the cap, a lot of these are problematic, right? And the Giants have to worry because yeah. they've got to pay Danny Dimes for a two years. Um, have fun with that. Yeah, deal. Uh, I just don't know. And to to go to this question, you know, technically speaking, the way the contracts work, uh, you don't have to worry about being under cap until the next season kicks off. So you can basically create as much hell for yourself as you really want to. Um, but that Piper's going to come calling. I mean, you're going to have to do, they're going to have to punt massive amounts of cash into the future with no high first round pick because they've traded it for Chris o for Olave. And uh, I don't, I don't know how you, I don't know why they did this. I understand they, well, I understand why, because he's young and he's very good, uh, but it made no sense for where that franchise is. And I think he's another one of these GMs, Mickey Loomis, that we need to start having way more conversations of how overrated uh, that he's been. Cause they've won a lot of games, but nothing to show for it. Yeah, I mean that's the you, you look at Denver with where they're headed. I mean, let's be honest, as much as this pains me, the Philadelphia Eagles have a legitimate shot to be drafting first. Well, and it would be 31st if they won the if they won the oh. Super Bowl because they're they're we have one last first round draft pick this year. But um they're gonna be in contention for the number one overall pick, just like Seattle is because of because of yeah. trades. And it's mind blowing to me because of how little these teams have gotten yeah. out of these big name players. And I'm sure you saw the report today oh, yeah. that Russell Wilson is actually calling like audibles, audibles using from, from Seattle. Seattle. It's a little and... bit of a problem. If you go back, cars, uh, some of our shows when we had on Matt Waldman and um, oh Jesus, we just had him on a couple of weeks ago. Is the show that I wasn't on. The Christ, I'm terrible with names. It's what happens when we get old. Yeah, I hear you. But they were talking about, you know, when the whole Russ to Chicago hype train was in full effect, you know, they were there saying to, you know, yeah, Mark Schofield, thank you. Um, They were there saying, you know, the, the whole let Russ cook is they weren't letting him cook for a reason. Yeah. Because there was issues there. And then you have, you know, babbling fools like Ben Benjamin Albright that's out there 
continually trashing Justin Fields and saying that he has no ability to throw the ball past the line of scrimmage. I mean, imagine that as a guy, a, na- a national guy. Well, I think Ben thinks that he's national and he's just really a he's dude not. in Denver. He's thinks he's Adam Schefter and he's he's not at all. But um, he literally puts out there on his platform that Justin Fields has no ability to throw the ball past the line of scrimmage. I mean, what the fuck are we talking about? There's show me the play. Show me the play that you see. And uh, he's one of the more accurate deep ball guys this season. And that's why I want him to throw more. I just don't, I don't understand. And, and frankly, uh, I used to love Ben, but he always tries to say that he's not a Broncos mouthpiece. Yeah, but that okay. guy has done more Broncos mouthpiece type of things. Well, he might not be a mouthpiece. He's talking out of his ass. That's that's Ben's problem. I mean, it's it's massive. Yeah, you you are just openly lying and talking bullshit. There's you can't watch three minutes of Justin Fields' tape. And tell me that the kid can't pass the football. I I don't get it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's trying to get a rise out of another fan base because you your see... fan base is attacking your yeah, stupid absolutely. franchise for paying Russell Wilson all that money without paying a playing a down, and now you have you, you're ruining a Super Bowl type defense. Yeah, and some really great. Like I would in a heartbeat take their skill position. <laughs> like you oh, give me hell yeah. Amler, Judy, and Sutton, uh Sutland, uh, or Sutton, yeah, Cortland Sutton. Sutton. Uh yeah. I would be through the moon, absolutely. But that's goes back to my point that I made about an hour ago. It's it's hard to ignore it, but we just need to ignore Dan Weeder when he wants to go on his rant about what he's been ranting about, ignore Ben Albright. Don't quote tweet him. Don't retweet him. Don't go attack him. And then don't tag TTNL in it and say that, you know, this you're a fucking idiot and tag TTNL. Just let it fucking go, swallow it and be done with it. It means nothing. They're just, they're trying to play you because it gives them more exposure at the end of the day. And, well, no, because we're all just trying to get name, uh, fame off of Benjamin's name. Yeah, uh, that's that's yeah, that's that was the the card that uh, Pete Bukowski played. Oh yeah, when we were trying to get him on the show. He's like, he goes, yeah, I I see what you're doing with your little show there, trying to use my name for clicks, and I'm like, what the f- have us on your show? You'll get some fucking views, Peter. You know, I mean, Jesus Christ. I know that he's got like 20,000 Twitter followers. That's that's Most of those are going to be bots anyway. Yeah, it it doesn't mean a goddamn thing. And you're not moving the the meter nationally. And people aren't saying, oh, my God, Peter Bukowski. Stop. Hard stop on that. You're a fan just like everybody else is, Pete. And just admit it. Just come clean. I'd have so much more if you say... Because he always says, well, I was a Chiefs fan growing up. Now you're a Broncos fan. Just come out and say it, and it's fine. Oh, Ben. Yeah, Ben Albright. Yeah, that's, I mean, but that's what it is, 
these guys like that cars, they're so listen, I know I can be a, as big of a smart ass as anybody, but these guys are so condescending and talk down to oh. fans all the time. And then they're needling, needling, needling. And then when somebody comes up and wants to punch them in the face, they're like, What? What did I, what? Why why are you mad at me? I I stay calm all the time. I don't I don't play with that. No, this you think I'm a I'm a Broncos fan? No. Justin, what do you think Benjamin Albright would be? What do you think Denver's general manager right now, if you said to him, you could have three first round draft, you could have two first round draft picks back and Justin Fields oh, yeah. and all the money that you gave Russell Wilson. What the fuck do you think that he would say? Oh, yeah. They, they would sign run. me up for it all day. They would run. I mean, it's it's crazy to to the way that it is. And this is, you know, I love Twitter uh, and hate Twitter because I think everybody wants you're trying to be the smartest man in 250 characters, right? You're trying to be better than everyone. You're trying to make a point. It just doesn't work. <laughs> and look, like there are some craziness out there. You know, like I, I find it very interesting how quickly all the Roquan Smith love has yeah. quieted out since he's not in Chicago anymore. And everyone's like, he's just kind of a guy. Yeah. We we see that sort of thing. Guess like, what? He ain't getting paid twenty million in Baltimore either. No, God, no, not not with uh not with Lamar still playing his nope. butt off. Um, so it's kind of crazy. Uh what I would want to do though, since we talked about Roquan, is Richard has a question uh that the answer to me is nobody. Nobody. Yeah. yeah, there's there's nobody getting tagged this year. There there's nobody on this team worthy no, of nobody it. warrants it. No, yeah, anything. Know. And then Bullets has probably my question. I think you and I would probably agree the most. First player I go out and get is Deron Payne. Yeah, uh, he's all day. the easiest one. After that, though, who would who would be the guy that you'd be trying to focus on? Uh, to add a weapon, it's interesting. I mean, you got to bring you got to bring in. You were talking about Posick. Is that how you say yep. it? Posich? Uh, yeah, or something. You got to like bring him in. But I mean, for me to go right out, I think my my ability in the draft. I feel like I could find a guy, but I. It, it would be Gasecki. Yeah. It yeah. would be Gasecki for me because the, we've talked about it here, cars. And I mean, it, it's, it's, it's pretty much proven. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be outliers there, but it's essentially, it's very rare for a tight end to come in and just go gangbusters. Go. Look yeah. at Goddard in, in, in Philly's right. a great example. Yep. So I think and, you're right. It's he's a great, great, and it's a team I mean, that Miami doesn't want him either. And that that's the thing. You could the Bears could go out and sign those both of those guys on day one, and it's I mean, hugely positive for Chicago, and it's not gonna put a massive dent into their financial plans moving forward. Oh yeah. I mean, no, you, could it's, still, you could still go out and get, they could still go out and get the center. I mean, that's the best part is like when you're talking about some of these guys, you're not talking about Eric McCoy deals, right? Like you're not talking about 15, $18 million a season. You're, you're talking probably eight, 10, yeah. right? And so 
if I can do a, a Posick and Gusecki and give those guys, you know, let's just say, let's make everything easy. I do 10, 10, and let's say Nate Davis as well as 10. I've gone and Deron Payne at 15, right? I've gone mm-hmm. out and spent 45 million. I have created four new starters that instantly make everybody else better in their position. I still have 80 plus million dollars in cap and I've got a whole lot more money to, to, and picks and things that I could do that. I have more flexibility in the draft game. I have more flexibility everywhere else. Yeah. And that's, I can't, you're a hundred percent right, man. I, where was the one, Question. I won't even pick on you, Ray, for spelling my name wrong. It's all right, but I, you're talking Shania. about Shania. Yeah. I like it, Shania. Shania. Yeah, Addison. I mean, you you're there. I mean, the Bears are drafting six right now. So, Cars, what are you thinking? Like top top ten, top eight. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think they'll probably sit. Yeah, five to seven ish, five to eight ish. Where they'll. But I mean, to, to to specifically take Addison, you're right. You're no. in that. No, no, no. I mean, we. I don't think that's where they're going, but he's he's saying where would we have to be to take Addison I, I, within I think, the top ten? No, I think you I think, think the wide drop? receivers are going to fall because I think they're going to look at guys like Fashanu, and yep. this is going to be a year where it's people not necessarily over pivot, but it's going to go back to the trenches, especially when you see Philadelphia and what they're doing and can't the teams that are playing very high level football have all made that investment. So that's the way I see it at like Johnston Addison to me are all going to be in that like 15 ish range, I would say, but I'm always wrong. So who knows? Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's going to be, uh, what do we got here? Yeah. Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Good. But, um, no, but that's, I just, I think the, I think you got to get out of your, I don't think that the Bears are drafting a wide receiver in the territory that they're oh, they're no. in. I just, I mean, I know a lot of the fans think that that is the direction they're going, and it's just it. It's all going to start with three tech. It started with three. That was literally their first move last year, and it's telling. I mean, I mean it, it, Justin Jones does get credit. He's been our yeah. best interior defensive lineman. He makes plays. He's just not enough of an no. engine. So, but you want to have you want to have depth there that can make an impact, and that that's the thing. I mean, when you're making a run, look what Philly did the past two days. Yeah. They got run on and run on up the middle. And I know these guys that they're a little bit older, but you go. They were getting attacked up to Jordan Davis. I think it's a high ankle sprain that he's got. Fletcher mm-hmm. Cox is another year older. The commanders just kept on running up the gut, up the gut, up the gut, up the gut. So what is, what is how he wrote? You got to give him credit. As much as oh, I yeah. hate the fucking guy, they pivoted and they went out and get uh, Linval Joseph yep. and, and Dominic and Sue yep. over the past 20, you know, last 24 hours. To, to help on the interior line. And, I, and in a rotation, it's great. You imagine going into the playoffs with the rotation on the interior of Fletcher Cox, Linval Joseph, and Dominican Sue, and Jordan Davis? No, thank you. I don't, I'm scared and, about oh, it. I haven't, even ta- <laughs> I, haven't even ta- yeah, I haven't even talked about Javon Hargrave either. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's what you do. It's crazy. 
Yeah, and and Leo, I think the name I keep seeing is <laughs> is Skaronsky from Northwestern that a lot of people predict. To me, he's a right tackle only. Um, I agree, and more likely a guard, uh, depending. So I don't know if that's the guy, but the guy I keep saying uh, that you really should watch out there is Olu Fashanu at at Penn State. Penn State. That kid is young. He's got all the athletic traits that they look in space and how he moves. And he's a guy that, look, I think that Braxton Jones is a guy who's probably played himself onto a starting position here. May not be a left tackle. It could be something where they draft an Olu and move him to right-hand side. But he's got the athletic traits that they look for in space and movement. And those those guys uh, watch a lot of Olu. He is the sky on that kid is going to be uh, out of control. Yeah. And just to, you know, Phil and I had the conversation because the way that we kind of work this network is we're always looking ahead and then trying to figure out different ways that we can do things. And I have a comprehensive list of players and, and breakdowns that we are literally working on now for draft mob for you guys if you're a patron where we're gonna you know lock in we're gonna kind of take a, a little bit different of approach we are gonna widen it the closer we get to the draft but we're gonna really lock in on these key positions that the bears are gonna be i mean everybody knows where they're gonna be identified you know we're not gonna go out and have a comprehensive yeah. breakdown on on running backs and and fullbacks so we will much. on punter, though. Yeah, I know, oh, absolutely. I know that's what you want to get into the but, breaking down the tape on. Yeah, these three techniques, these uh, you know, wide receivers are going to be part of it. Offensive line, obviously. If you're not oh. a patron, you're going to be you're going to be missing out because I have I have a pretty impressive list, uh, and the all twenty two is vast. I'll just say, and it's going to be it's going to be fun breaking down all these guys' cars. You know how it gets. You and I over the years, we we can butt heads on on players and go back and forth, and then you throw Phil into the mix with us. To no good is going to come. The MOB, yeah. yeah. But it's <laughs> I, I am so looking forward to it. That's you know as much as I hate not having Bears football every single week, it's just as fun for me diving into these guys, breaking down the tape, breaking it down live with the patrons. And it just gets me more excited about the NFL offseason, the NFL free agency, and the and the the, the draft in oh, yeah. April. Absolutely, I think it's you know because we have so much to to do. I, I do want to show one last thing because yep. uh, friend of the show Ryan Cox shared uh, a recent Instagram post, uh, and if you're not on board with this kid right now. This man is ready. Like, yep. keep doubting him. Keep talking about him. Yep. This kid is ready to go. Uh, but I am. Thank you, Brian, for for sending that on. But so true. That that is the kid yeah. that yep. uh, is going to. He's going to. He's not only going to leave the TV on. He's going to turn it up. Oh yeah. He's gonna. He's gonna record it all so he can go yep. back when he's Put feeling like I don't want to study right now, and he'll be like, he'll go listen to shady for a little while and be like okay never mind let's go put in you know another two hours here working yeah it's it's still hard to grasp cars i mean you 
you may have the number one audio clip ever from TTNL. And it's because of that guy, <laughs> because of Justin Fields. The Bears are on it. the clock. I mean, I still have that clip on my phone. And I'll be like driving down the road some days and I'll just play it just to listen to it because it takes me back to that, that night excitement. of excitement. Yeah, being in that moment, my I look back at all of that. Ela was pregnant with Emerson at the time. This was before we, you know, fought the battle with Riley. And I, I think of all you offered of that. to get rid of Riley. That I did. Day. I said, yeah, I'll send my kid to New York if it means I can go up for a quarterback. That's right. Absolutely. I love that one. And listen, it, that's all in good fun. Uh, before <laughs> before we jump off, one last question I think is really good. Um, yeah. What do you take on, on Leatherwood? Um, I feel like they're delaying, but I can't. I, I think know. so, too. I think, I think the mono legit zapped him of – some of his power, some of his weight. And we've heard Eberflus over and over and over talk about the ramp up process. He's not a guy that's going to say, all right, you're at 60%. Yeah. We're going to throw you out there and just, you know, hopefully you can get it figured out. And they have millions of dollars invested in this guy. Yeah. And he's 23 years old. They're, they, they didn't just claim him because he's a first round draft pick. They no. claimed him invested, what is it, $5.3 I think. Yep. So the $5.3 million comes with him. I think they see a lot of traits in there. My biggest concern, and I know I've said this before, Cars, is just, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him inside. I'm just concerned because it's it was, a, it was a problem at Alabama. It was a problem for the Raiders, his hand speed. And if you push the kid inside – that only becomes more more of a significant issue because I, everything is sped up. To me, it's to a me, big deal. yeah. To me, he's a he's a right tackle, and I mean, what are the? We got to look up the the parameters on Riley Reef's contract with because I mean that goes from like what two or three million up to ten if he hits certain playing time incentives yeah there is there is something uh he's because he was a three million dollar deal is at maximum right. and i think it goes to that if it's 70 ish percent of the offensive snaps okay um but borum had been so bad i i just don't know how you go back to larry borum but i think if you're really looking for leatherwood post buy is most likely the again we keep talking about yeah. post buy but that buy get to that give him enough time to get there rife has done a really good job of kind of solidifying yeah um the tackle position um and then we would uh, uh then we would be good touchdown titans love it love it um but that's the thing he was not inactive no he's been so, active yep if something yeah, so went he's wrong, been active be so there. So that's that's another way that you have to look at it. If they didn't believe that he could play, he would just he would not be. They wouldn't have taken out taken him off the NFI list. They wouldn't have him active. I just think that they're, you know, Leatherwood has all of the ability in the world. He's got all oh, yeah. of the physical traits that you want. It's been 
putting them all together. It was the same way at Alabama. I can watch an Alabama practice and still hear Nick Saban. Just what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, you got to speed up. You got to speed up. And that have to. Yes. Some guys, it just, it takes them a little bit more. I, I mean, it's not his fault he was overdrafted. That's you exactly know, Mike Mayock. That's not on him. Was it 16th overall? He was always a, you know, end of second, mid to maybe end of second round guy on, oh. on my board. But I would like to see what he can do out there. You know, Riley Reef for whatever being going to be 34 years old, you know, he's, he's had some positive reps, obviously. But if you're a three win team, you got to look at guys you gotta, like yeah, you Tyree gotta, Carter. You got to look at some world. guys to 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 see if they can play and if you're going to move off of them moving forward. And Leatherwood is obviously one of those. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So That's it. We're at our 90-minute yeah. mark. Our, our wives start threatening perfectly. death. Yeah, if we don't wrap it up. But Yeah, uh, I have to watch the end of this. Uh, well, not the end. We're still pretty early, but. Titans are up for. Did the Packers miss an extra point? I they guess. did, and okay. uh, Aaron Rodgers just got a, a intentional grounding that led to that score because he threw to absolutely no one with pressure in his face. So <laughs> it's always good to see. Always. Ah, uh, you hate to see it. Sorry, Peter. Fuck yeah. you. Exactly. Oh, did I, did I say that out loud? No, you're good. Oh. It's the end of the show. We're good. All right. So. Everybody knows cars. We talked about it. Next week is going to be a little bit of a different week here at TTNL. Uh, I haven't talked to Phil, but I'm assuming the Super 16 poll show is going to air at its original time on Monday night uh, next week at 8 p.m. Tuesday is going to have a little bit of a different look because you're going to see this show Tuesday night at 8 p.m. next week because of the holiday thanksgiving falling on on thursday so you'll have cars and myself at 8 p.m and then you'll have the fantasy guys uh coming up at 10 p.m that same night then we'll do keeping it 100 like always 8 30 on wednesday and that that may be a very interesting show that might be a alcohol induced show because everybody's off for i have a long weekend i know that so oh, i'm boy. sure i'll be dipping a few back but um after that for a couple of weeks this show will have a little bit different of a look because december 1st i will not be on the show i will be at a coco melon concert of all things breaking down that with my lovely daughter and ela in syracuse but sometimes you get Oh, yeah. Well, I don't want to say lassoed, and she just told me that we're going, and I had to order the tickets, but that's the way that works. You guys know what I'm talking about. And then the week after that, Cars, you're going to be traveling and Yep, I'll unavailable. be in New York, so unfortunately, so, yeah. We got some yeah. changes coming, absolutely. Yep, so, you know, our real-life calls, but I think, Cars, did you talk to... Yes, Chris Jackal will will be uh, replacing Shane as co-host on on the twelve one. So we yeah. we get to be reunited, and it feels so good uh, to be to be able to do that with uh, with Jackal. Yeah, and then the week that Cars is gone, I haven't decided exactly what I'm going to do. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do something a little bit different. Maybe I'll invite a patron on 
with me for the show and we'll do a little hopefully Q&A. it goes better than last night uh yeah oh. oof <laughs> oof jesus yeah what the hell corn planner obviously does not have children under the age of five yes so yes. or you would you would know who coco melon is and i am not a fan but i love my daughter so if it makes her happy it makes me happy and those tickets exactly were- ridiculously expensive so it is what it is but all right yeah we love you guys so they'll have a little bit different look um here over the next you know two or three weeks here for ttnl but we're still going to be cranking out content like we always do and we're going to be headed to atlanta this weekend cars to see justin fields and the justin fields show and as soon as that game goes final we will have BHL going live on Sunday with Phil and I, and Phil will be back in studio, and hopefully it'll be a good rant, which is pretty rare when it comes Never to happens. Phil and these Chicago Bears. But we'll close it out with a little promo for TTNL. Cars and I will get out of here, and we'll see you guys later. Cars Key Season 1, Episode 13. We're out of here. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch, go.